welcome to the Forge of Ideas, a podcast where we, us, your hosts, strive to bring you elements of truth and understanding through adventures of conversation. Take the elements which speak to you, shape them, and share them. For all adventures, start in the forge. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for coming back for the third episode of our alien agenda on Earth a reptilian takeover. So far, we have learned about how the reptilian species took over their parts of the galaxy and spread out amongst past their solar system in episode one, conquering all the lands and civilizations and species along their way. In episode two, we learned how they mastered genetics and propaganda and fine-tuned their control and now in episode three we are discussing the alien agenda in the 20th century oh my god you guys it's friday it's april fools Happy April Fools, April 1st. I am your host, Max, and I'm here with our other amazing hosts of this podcast, Allison Alial. That's me. All right. How we doing? Happy April Fools. Did you get a fool joke on you? No, but I just wanted to preempt part three, even though this is April Fools, this story is no joke and has <laughs> been no joke so far. Like I said in the intro there, um, this is episode three. We've already been through, oh my goodness, the, you know, the Queen's coup, the reptilian species itself, uh, the agenda, the takeover of other solar systems, the fine-tuning of control methods uh, all along the way. Um, and here we are. Now we're, we got to wrap it all up. We got to tie it up here. Now, I apologize that we haven't been around for a couple weeks, but this last section was kind of the biggest and did involve a lot of research because in the first two episodes, I hope you listened. And if you did, you would know that a lot of that story was speculation and really there's no way for anyone to prove or disprove that theory or that story but now that we're pushing into more modern times there's a lot of obviously of this information that's already been documented so i we had to tread lightly and just make sure that we were doing the our the best that we could in order to present accurate information in which hopefully uh, some dots will be connected for you, and like I always say to Al, if your gut is telling you it could be true, chances is, it probably is, or probably are. Al, what are your thoughts so far on this on this epic adventure we've been on in the last two two episodes? Well, it's the kind of um, like Homer's Iliad type of Odyssey where. 
there's some parts that are are quite believable and when you really put it on your heart you can feel that it, there's validity and, and there's some storytelling too that's going on at the same time but I mean again as we look back to famous stories like the Iliad um you know we we question and wonder even in our current 21st century estate minds um how much of this was accurate and, and based in fact and how much is a a little bit of a tale so yeah there's Exactly. By striking a balance. Yeah. 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 So um, our story left off last time uh, with Atlantis and the reptilian continent of Lemuria having a giant war. The reptilians were then forced to go underground. Um, Atlantis at that point remains kind of the mainstay of civilizations on the surface. Um, And that's where we where we left off. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on Atlantis itself because that could be a whole series all in its own. Correct. Um, <laughs> that particular topic. So uh, really what I want us to take away from Atlantis for our story in particular, for our theory in particular, um, and not just our theory. There's many other people. Obviously, like I said, this has all been researched off of other people's uh, theories and understanding of scriptures and tech, uh, ancient texts and even uh, um, vocals, tales, verbal stories. Yes. Right? As oral traditions. Oral, that's it. Thank you very much. Oral traditions. Yes. Uh, that's why she has the master's in education, everyone. That's why we have her here <laughs> to add a little bit of credibility to this show. So. Um, so our big takeaway here was uh, Atlantis went on after that war, obviously. And in this story in particular, now there's many different theories on what happened to Atlantis. And as most of you guys know, um, the biggest takeaway for Atlantis throughout time has been uh, Plato's account of Atlantis, right? And as far as I understand, he went there, he saw... Um, their technologies, he described automatons uh, doing the work, so ba- robots, essentially. Uh, he described them having technologies to extract energy from nothing, essentially. Free, free energy, um, zero-point energy, if you will. And they had all types of, obviously, high-tech weapons. They were highly militarized, very structured um, their agriculture was out of control. And um, from our previous stories, we already know that the Atlans were descendants of Lyra, Lyrans, right? Because if we remember, all humans essentially come from the Lyran system. And uh, go back and listen if you didn't listen to those parts. But I totally get it if you guys, if there's some of you out there who are just tuning into this one specifically. Because it this is very information dense, um, but from this story's perspective, Atlantis essentially <laughs> destroyed itself uh, by accident um, with their high technology. Now we could assume perhaps they were testing new technology, or their technology just got away from them somehow. But the theory in this story goes is that it it fucked with the electromagnetic properties of 
you know, the earth and in specifically that area itself. And that caused tectonic plate movements and the whole island just sunk into the ocean. Al, do you got anything you want to add about uh, the Atlantis? Well, not specifically, but since we're glossing over it in this particular cast... Um, if people are curious yeah, yeah, um, to do their own research, which is always recommended, always regardless recommended. of the topic. Of course. And hey, we're not telling this story because we think it's 100% true. We just find a lot of you know dots connecting and we feel some synchronicity with what we're hearing. So yeah, please continue. Yeah, I just... I was just looking at a little... Um, looking into this a little bit myself. Um Obviously, lots of different documents out there, but Homer and Atlantis.com might be a, one that I could suggest um, as far as uh, uh, just checking in and checking up on some of the ideas in and around that. If you can't wait till we get to Atlantis. An Atlantis this. episode, yeah. Well, at and some it, point. At some point, hopefully. News is traveling so fast these days. Um, yeah, we... It's, yeah, Homer and Atlantis, all one word, dot com. There you go. Beauty. Thank you. So the reason that we need to just kind of realize that Atlantis fell and sank is that some Atlans um, were privy to the knowledge that this destruction was imminent, I guess some could say. And uh, they had moved to into the area of Egypt, Egypt, essentially. Uh, with their knowledge, right? So here's where it gets pretty interesting and where we can do some some critical thinking and some dot connecting of our own, okay? So it's now we're moving into Egypt, and we all know how strange of a place Egypt is, and especially when it comes to the history and the timelines of Egypt in particular, it gets... Uh, this is where we can really have some fun with this, right? So... You can imagine there was already humans there because in the previous episode we discussed how the new created humans there, they were chosen, uh, their area that was chosen for them to be put onto the earth was in Turkey, right? Right. Southeast, talked, southeast yeah. Turkey by the Euphrates and Tigris, Tigris rivers. Um, so we can assume that a, a large amount of time had passed by now and the human you know the homo sapiens sapiens were doing basically what they were programmed or genetically made to do which was procreating like crazy and so they were they had spread out by this point right so they were all through mesopotamia at this point in history um and in egypt obviously in particular so you can imagine the primitive humans um, you know, chilling there, doing their thing, doing their agriculture, right? It was like a nice lush tropical or half tropical area at that time, right? Mm. Or so they say. And then these Atlans show up, coming from Atlantis with their high technology and their potentially they showed up in spacecrafts. We don't know, right? Um... We don't really know any type of technology that they had, but we can assume if they did show up with any type of high technology with these primitive humans, well, it would be easy to see how the human population there would then, you know, mistake their tech for godly powers. 
and you know, henceforth then worshiping these these people as as gods, right? Does that make sense? I think that kind of makes sense. It does. Well, we're, you're talking not just about the technology, <coughs> but like I mean, you would consider like well, and their, all things and their in knowledge. society would be heightened, right? Well, and the Atlans would have come with the knowledge of the first two episodes of yes. this of this series that we've done. You know, about where the humans came from, the whole destruction of the Lyran system and the, you know, the queens of of Draco and, and all the, you know, and all the destruction that they've caused, right, throughout. So they would have had all that information. Um, the thing is, the hieroglyphs, okay, I didn't have this written down, but I do remember the... Reading this, that the hieroglyphs, some say, were used by... It was an Atlantean... It was an Atlantean language that they brought, okay? And it wasn't given... The knowledge of it wasn't given to the commoners, if you will. And that language is also a... Not exactly, but could be transcribed into Lyran, if you will. So they were left there... Those messages technically weren't left there for us, but for the Lyrans or other beings when they yeah. get here, they'll be able to read it. Uh, we'll get into all, we'll get into more about that, uh, you know, as we push on here. So they were the ones who created the Sphinx and the pyramids. So those things weren't there before the Atlans showed up, and obviously, if they started just carving stone out of the sides of mountains and using uh, sound waves to carry, you know, these giant blocks and just set them in place, you can imagine, obviously, the people would be like, holy shit, this mind-melted, you know, what is going on here type situation. Um, as I said, they use directed sound waves to move the blocks. And, I mean, there's a 100-ton blocks in the pyramids that are 50 feet off the ground. Right. In right now, today, with our current technology, there's one crane in the entire world that, that could this. lift that. Right, right. So just to put it in perspective. Well, and then you'd have to think about what kind of base the crane was on as well, right? Not right. Just the, right. There's a lot of pieces that go into that puzzle. Oh, it's astronomical. It's a huge feat yeah. to be able to pull something like that off to, with today's technology. And if you want some more real hard proof... Um, we can easily look at the Egyptian society and we see no primitive um, evidence of a society. So there's no evidence that that society evolved from anything less than what it started with. Um, and what I mean by that is it started uh, with knowledge. It started with uh, structure and religion and agriculture um, things of that nature. Right. We just, let's just phrase Math it. Math and... Right. The, the early dynastic period. So we're talking like 3000 BC. According to some timeline. Okay. Like, yes. Sorry. I know we weren't going to throw timelines in here. I just was trying to, on in our current under, way of understanding, highlight just how... Old, right, but prehistoric Egypt is. If you look up, uh, hold on, let me think. What's his name? Just look up, uh, punch in Sphinx uh, weather 
erosion. And if you're in DuckDuckGo, it should come up within the first couple. And there's a scientist who's basically proven that uh, the Sphinx and the pyramids were built almost 10 or 20,000 years before uh, what you had stated due to like uh, rain washing or something like that. I forget. Well, I'm seeing I'm seeing Graham Hancock on the Joe right. Rogan experience. That's not what you're talking about. Well, though. no, he, he Robert's uh, Sosh. Yes, Robert's Robert's. Uh, that's it. Stack yeah. Stack Robert Stack. S C H O C H Shosh. Robert Shock. Shock. Yeah, yeah, that's is. it. That's it. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's him. Yeah. Yeah, that's who I was referring to. Yeah. So his science proves to it being much, much older than okay. 3000 BC, more like 25 to 50,000 BC. Which I'm just saying would fit um, our story's timeline much more conveniently, also. So <laughs> there you go. Right, so Shock talks not only just about, well, he, he breaks down the different types of erosion, like rain, rain wind, ice erosion. So he's, it seems like he's looking at this from a couple different perspectives. Right, right. Anyway, there's, there's a solid theory, and more my point, there's a solid theory out there backed in research and science by legitimate um, scientists that, that does say that it's much, much older. Yeah, look it up, guys, please. Robert Schock, uh, look into it. His, Dot com. <laughs> yeah, look into his. See, I'm sure that I'm sure you can find him doing some great podcast interviews. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're up there. Check him out. Very cool guy. Very smart guy. Love his theory. Love Grant Hancock, obviously. Right. All with that. Okay, so moving on here. Uh, we're still in Egypt. Okay. Well. But this is where we need to understand where things really kind of take a turn. Because at this point, we got the Atlans and the humans, like the Homo sapiens sapiens, all working together, right? The reptilians have been pushed down underground. So much time has gone by. So the the reptilians were doing their thing with their genetic... Manip- manipulations and uh, and all that stuff, right? So, fast forward, and along comes a character called Marduk in Egypt. Okay, Marduk, and he apparently in this story is a reptilian hybrid. So he was one of the first successful uh, part reptilian. Um, hybrids. Now, he kind of rose to power. Uh, Al, do you have anything about his um, about his like rise to power or times or anything there uh, on on historically on Marduk or Marduk, well, if I, you will? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um. Well, the first thing that pops into my mind here is that the name. Um, is what has been written in cuneiform, um, so that's Sumerian and in the clay tablets, yes, okay. in, in Hebrew, there's a translation, um, and also classic, uh, Syriac. Um, interesting, so yes, well, that yeah, that's a bunch of different 
different um, alphabets. Right. So different languages as well. Well, hum- um, humans also came from the Syrian star system. So, mm. sorry, that's just why my brain clicked. Interesting. Um, but yeah. yeah. So this is the end of the time, well, of, of Hammurabi, and where you were asking more specifically about his Murdoch, Neo-Assyrian, um, from probably from Babylon. Yeah. Um, and there seemed to be some kind of relationship between Ea and Murdoch. Well, he was King An's grandson. Hmm. Um, from from Egypt, and basically what happened was, like I said, he was part reptilian. So who knows how they managed to pull that off, or perhaps they had used their uh, consciousness projecting yeah. talents that we mm-hmm. learned in the other episodes that they had. Um. So anyway, he he rose he rose to power, and he. He did that by throwing a rebellion against his um, his grandfather, King On, and basically he it was successful. And what he had done was he made a pact or a deal with the reptilians who were now underground, and he promised them a share in his new empire. Okay, he was successful in becoming the supreme ruler of the soul system. All right, he had pushed, he was successful in pushing the federation out of the soul system and therefore was able to continue the mining operations for the Orion Empire, right? The reptilian empire. Okay, so at this point, Marduk, being successful in throwing overthrowing the Federation with the help of the Reptilians, etc., etc., he self-appointed himself as the Sun God. Now, this is where it gets really interesting, okay? Um, he appointed himself, named himself Ra, the Sun God. Where have we heard that? Sun worship, oh, right? So yeah. yeah, sun worship. Equals reptilians. <laughs> so basically, he went on a masquerade to destroy any and all information about our history. Literally, as far as I understand, the only thing that made it out was the cuneiform tablets, which were hidden away by a sect of um, people who obviously were trying to <laughs> preserve that knowledge, right? Right. He... Obviously didn't destroy anything in the Egyptian hieroglyphs because we truly didn't understand what they meant. Meaning, we, or we could maybe possibly assume that our current understanding of hieroglyphs isn't even correct. Right. Well, are you suggesting that at the time that the hieroglyphs were recorded, it was done in a way that... The humanoids, the or humans, yeah, as the I just, hum- yes, okay. as I just explained, they weren't given any of the real information about the hieroglyphs, so they were just literally little pictures of things. Right. The the real meaning wasn't given to any of them. Right. And it was literally meant for other civilizations that might come here. The uh, Lyran people yes. for when they come here, that they would under- truly understand what it means. 
So anyway, he points himself, Ra, the sun god. Goes on uh, tirade, destroys any and all information about our true history. And he, or at this point in time, um, he brings in the one god worship and kind of annihilates polytheism at that time. Um, yeah. Thus by uh, doing... Okay, so the next, sorry, the next uh, step was to isolate the humans. Isolate the human slaves, right? Because we're the ones digging all the shit out of the ground and just putting it on the surface of the ground, uh, of the earth. For what? And, okay, here's something I'm just going to write off the tracks here for a second. And I know I've talked to Al about this before because we sit around the campfire having crazy talks like this all the time, but I've had a long, long standing theory that it makes no sense to me that we've been mining for so long. Yes. Like so long we've been pulling shit out of the earth and just putting it on the surface of the earth. Now I understand that we're building houses, but houses aren't made out of steel and rock. Like we build them out of wood, which is already on the surface of the earth. (laughs) Right. Um, I mean, there's concrete, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, none of that is is, is special extracts from, from the Earth. So we've been mining all of this metal and materials out of our Earth for, like, fucking ever since the beginning. The Earth's ever been here. And we're still doing it today in the largest scale ever. Where is everything going? Are we building that much stuff? No. Do right. we have... Towers of gold and diamonds? No. Unless, unless it's being cached somewhere. What? On- There's not enough room on the planet to cache millions of years of mining. <laughs> like, Right. I mean, you think of some of it the has to be going off Spanish planet. boats that were coming back and forth in the 17th century, right? Right. Full of, full of, full of gold, yeah. Because they found cities that yes. were covered in, just built out of gold. Right, right. So, anyway, my... I mean, yes, I was suggesting that maybe vaults in the Vatican are holding a lot more material than oh one, might can, one might originally think. But. Oh, my... So much. So, anyway, my long-standing theory has been that it's been going off-planet for a very long time. Okay, so, moving on here. Um, they needed to uh, isolate the humans, okay? So, here's where it gets really kind of fucked up, which kind of melted my brain when I was thinking about it, okay? So, humans were physically reprogrammed with embedded memories and had their past memories of our histories wiped out. Now, Al, this is where it gets kind of like, uh, we got to really think about this. Bite down on the mouth guard here for a second and take this shot right on the chin. Because the story goes, the way that they were physically reprogrammed was one by one. They were led down a narrow tunnel, like going down into the ground. And... At the end of the tunnel was a giant bright light. And then after their reprogramming, the humans at that point on could only remember that they had to follow, go to the end of the tunnel. They had to follow the light in order to get their prize, if you will, their 
Their reward. Their reward, correct. Now, let's break this down for a second. Do you think perhaps we were told, because how long have we ever heard in all of these stories, oh, you go towards the white light. When you die, you go towards the white light, yes. head towards the light. Yes. And what happens when you die? It's like a, being in a long tunnel, and there's a giant, bright white light at the end of the tunnel. Well, that's what people and reportedly all, say. Right, exactly. But, like, it seems to be a common knowledge for every person on the planet to know, like, yeah, when you die, there's probably going to be a bright light at the end of a tunnel that we're supposed to go towards. What if that has been the biggest trick of all? What if every time this, you know, one of our meat sacks dies and our consciousness is then ready to move on and we've been... Our our oh. our conscious right okay you're following me now like and our that, consciousness yeah. has now been brainwashed to the point where all we understand is heading towards that bright light right so then it just recycles us back onto this planet right. over and over again so that they don't ever lose their slave population because if free will is a universal thing right. and and God consciousness is real and we can. Consciousness can then, you know, embody a physical body if it can satisfy all the needs of that consciousness, right? That soul, then nobody would come back here. Well, I, yes. <laughs> right? They don't be My like, understanding is you're suggesting that there could be another option or other many options. What if we went the other way? Right. But people don't, don't go towards the light. People don't know necessarily that that's an option. No, I. Just want to press a point here for a second. Um, I couldn't tell you because I'm not well-versed enough to know if head towards the white light is a Western construct or a Christian construct. It doesn't matter for That's the sake fair. of this podcast. But Maybe, yeah, okay. But if we're going to assume that free will leads people to choose to be recycled in that, like, Buddhist fashion, right, where you come back and try again to, like, gain and earn... Um, karma points, right? <laughs> towards uh, towards um, heading towards a nirvana, right? That's what we're I think suggesting. they have. I think they have aspects, right? Right. I'm a firm believer that all religion has been tainted in one way or another. Right. But Spirituality, religion are different. Um, so, just on your point. I don't believe that we're that we're meant to be here just to like learn and get better and get better and get better. I believe that we. All of our consciousnesses chose to be here um, at one point in time. And I think a lot of souls, consciousnesses have been trapped here for a very, very with long this, time. With this tunnel head towards the white light business. I'm just saying this could be one of the ploys that they... Could be. That they, and, and I mean, we're talking about literally the beginning of human, you know, homo sapien, sapien kind... That they got their that they got their greedy, gross little fucking reptilian hands yeah. onto us, right? And their technologies were so far ahead of anything that we even have now today that it's not that hard to to assume that any of this is real. Of course, they would have technology like this, and wouldn't that be the biggest game of all? I mean, they say. The Bible says the 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 you know Satan's biggest trick will be convincing man that he is God, right? So, wouldn't that be the biggest trick? 
And you have white. Oh, I don't want to go in the dark. Dark is evil. Ah. Right? How we've been literally conditioned. Yes, of course. Yes. The white knight. Oh, yes. the black knight. He's evil. Like, yes. I don't know, guys. I don't know. If you get the chance, turn around. Don't go towards the light. Just turn around. What's the worst that can happen? The worst that happens is nothing, <laughs> like, I suppose. Right, yeah. Okay. Okay, so anyway, we digress. We moved on there. Um, anyway, so that's a, just another example of the prize, right? The uh, the reward and punishment system that the reptilians set up, as we discussed in the previous episodes, right? On the planets that they took over, it was, it was a reward and punishment system through, well, basically finances, financial structures, okay? Okay. The next, oh, okay, here's the next trippy thing, okay? Um, they also put an electro, like, electronic blanket, if you will, around the Earth to essentially keep us in a fog and prevent us from, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Advance, like... Elevating? Spiritually. Yeah. Evolving. Um, to move to the next dimensions, right? Because we're supposed to, we're in the third right now. We're supposed to just skip the fourth and go right to the fifth. Because according to who? According to everybody. Well, I know. But like I so many. Where, where I, I know that already in my head is like something I have come across and bumped into on numerous occasions, but I couldn't. I'm, I'm talking people right. like like spiritual leaders like Ramdas and yeah. uh, some of the extra dimensionals we listen yes. to, and uh, people like Elena Danon who are contact extraterrestrial contactees. Stories like this, yes, yeah, that's they all believe that, yes. Um, so anyways, to keep us from um spiritually evolving, right? Keep us in a fog, and the other thing it does is. It prevents outside interference. So they've taken the whole system over back, right? So they don't want any outside interference. So they put this electronic, electro, I don't know what it is, right? We can just like be, a web. use your head, be, you know, creative. And they yes. put it around, or I'm going to touch on what I you think it might magnets? be. Oh, th- well, don't let me just sit here and guess. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then outside interference also. So perhaps it... You mean communications it, that... It blocks, yeah, like mental projections oh. and, like, even physical traveling uh, through dimensions. I don't know. What I think, maybe it's the Van Allen belt. Maybe that's oh. the protective layer they put around Earth. Yes. Because... As we've been learning more and more, and we'll get into this on future episodes, but a quick tidbit, the Van Allen belt essentially says, like, we've never been, we can't go to space. And we've only ever been into low orbit space, which is true. All of the shuttles uh, throughout the 90s there that the U.S. uh, sent up, they all ever went into low orbit. The International Space Station is in low orbit. And there is this theory that the Van Allen belt is a huge belt, like a dome essentially around the Earth of radiation from 10 to 50,000 miles thick. And the radiation is so strong that it 
when Russia originally was shooting people into space, they sent a monkey and they sent a dog into deep space, but they both got roasted by radiation as soon as they entered the Van Allen belt. And they quickly realized That's that, sad. But also. that organics can't go past a certain point. Right. Now, I realize this is going to cause a whole lot of people, uh, maybe not some of you who are listening, but maybe some who are listening who are going to say, like, well, that means that we never went to the moon. Well, that's a whole other episode um, that we'll probably get into later down the road also. But you're right. It does mean that. Yeah. I just, instead of thinking of it like a belt or, like, totally encapsulating the Earth, um, like, a circle around the earth. It almost looks like two Mickey Mouse ears. Right. Not to touch on Disney, because that also, too, is a story for another time. But there are some spots um, where, like, out the North Pole and out the South Pole, where there's less radiation. Right. Which also is another thing for another time. Oh. Just, that could be some, not, I don't want to say portholes, but it could be some, um... Some ways of getting in and out of our... Stargate locations. Maybe. Let's... Yes. We'll just leave it at that, though. But just if you're visualizing it... Right. Instead of thinking of the the Earth as a globe with a belt around it, it might be more effective to think of it as the Earth in the center with, like, Mickey little Mickey Mouse ears and then bigger Mickey Mouse ears outside of that. Yeah. Or if you're really wondering, just punch it into Google. your Google. Punch it Van Allen Belt... And if you're more interested in all of that, just click on some some links there and have yourself a read. It's it's very fascinating stuff. Back to the story, though. All right, yeah, back to the story. So, um, okay, so the theory goes that how do they keep this electronic or this blanket of, of control around the Earth. Well, it is said that they use the obelisks that are found all over the world, um, including the world's largest obelisk, which is in Washington, D.C. And it stands at a height of 555 feet hmm. high. It potentially could be another aspect of the reptilian um, influence being it a giant phallic object. Right. So just like thinking of the obelisk again, I'm somehow into mental pictures today, but think of a tall... I think most people know what an obelisk is. Do they? Yeah. Oh, never mind. The giant tower in Washington, D.C. Everyone knows what that looks like. It's like a skinny giant pyramid. Right, I think it's yeah. important just to say that that's it's fair. not okay, just sorry, it's not sorry. just a, a a monument that's like a narrow tapering, right? Like four sided. That's like looks phallic, right? But it also has the pyramid at the top. I think right, that, that's the, pyramid, the most important. I think right. Just to, I just wanted to. No, you're right. That. You're right. Absolutely. Sorry about that. No yep. worries. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Because yes, I think people most people do have an idea in their head about what an obelisk looks like, but moreover that it is. Well, and to touch on another point, actually the world's largest obelisk is still partially carved out of a quarry, um, and it was going to be called the obelisk of the pregnant or the fertility obelisk, and it was said that any woman who went up and touched it would become pregnant. Just, Just another indication that perhaps these obelisks were 
indeed supposed to be phallic symbols. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting, right? Um, because we have to understand that the reptilians who, at this point, had taken over were still extremely pissed with the Orion queens, right? And the queen's coup and the takeover yes, yes. of the kings and then the and their genetic manip- manipulation of their own male of their species, oh, yes. lowering their lifespan, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, so and making them basically obsolete, right? Yeah. So here, or, or like a, so here on Earth, now that they had taken over the system and they were in charge, it was kind of like a fuck you to the queens from back in the day to make it a very masculine based culture that the world that they imposed upon the world, yes. and I mean we can all agree that that's you know been the way it has been for a while right they made males the dominating aspect of power and influence disrupting the duality of the universe and the balance that is supposed to be Mm -hmm. existing in all things right now here's where it gets interesting heather because marduk's main base and his main city was Mm -hmm. called balbeck which eventually started being referred to as Baal, mm-hmm. right? The god Baal, if you guys know anything from Baal, uh, which eventually the sun worship became worshiping the god Baal. Now, do you, can mm-hmm. you punch that in because mm-hmm. and share with our friends listening exactly who the god Baal is? Because Billy, let me, here's a quick little breakdown. Also, Billy Eilish's name. Uh, Billy uh, was an ancient name for, okay, Billy Goat, mm-hmm. right? Goat is ball. The head of ball is a goat. Yes. And uh, Eilish is a Sumerian word for on high. So her performer name literally means ball on high. So, with that being said, would you like to share with our listeners? Right. Ball was a title or an, an honorary um, meaning it translated to owner or lord in the Northwest Sumeric languages. Um, from its use among people, it became applied to gods. Scholars previously associated the phenome with the solar cults. There you go. The sun yeah. worship. Right. Ra. Right? See? Ra mm-hmm. changed his name. Or they... I don't know if he did it or someone... Uh, somewhere along the lines, Ra became Baal through mm-hmm. the capital city of Baal Beck. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. Oh, Continue. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, just looking here, it's, um, there's Sumeric religion, um, and then there, it goes on to Judaism and Yahweh and Baal Berith. Okay, so uh, for those of you who are, are interested, Baalbek is currently uh, today what they call Lebanon, so... Um, yeah, okay, so... Well, we'll it's we'll... a city in Lebanon. <laughs> oh. Yeah, on the... Right, Lebanon's a country. Yeah, right, it is. Right, yeah. my yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's on the Litani River um, in Lebanon's Bakwal Valley. Okay, very so cool. So it's a little, just a bit north and east of Beirut, which is the capital of Lebanon. 
Okay, so basically at this point in the story, um, we got Marduk, who was at this point known as Ra, the god of the sun. Um, he was then very quickly and swiftly just taken out by the reptilians. As if he expected any deal that he made with them to be legitimate in any way, shape, or form. So, boom. Overnight, apparently, there was... Um, from what I understand, it was, like, over in a in a flash. Like, a lightning flash. All of his closest, um, you know, army personnel and... Um, consortiums, all those people were all quickly arrested, thrown in jail. Uh, he went into hiding. Now, there are some, not that this is prevalent to our story, but it's just kind of fun fact. Uh, there are some theories that they built the Great Pyramid to trap uh, Ra within it. Now, we have to also understand that he was taking the pharmaceuticals that the reptilians were providing him that were giving him extended life and the right. reptilians knew that he would take in a bunch of this so he was going to live for a long time and so they entrapped him within the within the the great pyramid and there's another and that story goes on to say that some of his followers dug a, a tunnel underneath it Oh, to, to extract him. To extract him, and now mm-hmm. they're saying that they're finding tunnels underneath the pyramids and the Sphinx. Uh, just, just some fun stuff there. Uh, okay, so moving on now. The reptilians take him out. Boom, boom. Now they're fully in charge uh, with, like, full-on hybrids, if not just fully reptilians at this point, and they've mastered the ability to just look shapeshift and look like humans, right? Either or, you can have fun with it. Whatever your brain tells you makes the most sense. Projecting consciousness, genetic manipulation, or just completely shapeshifting at this point. Have fun with it, friends. It's your brain. You can think whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) So they then introduced the Shemsu Horror. Now, have you heard of the Shemsu Horror, a.k.a. the Followers of Horus? Okay, so this was a new rep- or a new uh, religion of sorts, um, but they, the reptilians made sure to keep all of the practices and, and worship um, culture uh, that had previously been, you know, set up by Ra. Because they realized the control importance of religion. Mm-hmm. Controlled religion. Um, you want to say a couple things about the Shemsu Hor? Well, sure, the yeah. The followers of Horus? Because um, it gets right. pretty interesting with these, with these guys. Well, a series of mythological kings... Who ruled Egypt before the pharaohs? So, so mi- it's quotes mythological. Let's say let's put mythological in air quotes here, friends. Well, either way, regardless of of are they referring to raw? I just well, let's. I I want to just project a little bit yeah. here and okay, say like, okay, so it it you oftentimes you scaffold right for for understanding or for learning. So if You wanted people in a certain time. Let's fast forward a little bit from what we're thinking of. You want people to believe that um, pharaohs 
great Egyptian pharaohs, which mm-hmm. we know do have existed in whatever timeline that we're not going to discuss at this moment, right? No, but we all know that they were <clears throat> real. That's what I mean. If you want, and and if you want people to follow pharaohs, follow yeah. the the um, the pharaohs, right, the kings, yeah. then you, of course you would create or base it upon another generation of kings or pharaohs, right? Whether they were real or not, mythological or not, right? Correct. The followers yeah. support us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and you would create stories to, and... Or, A religion. And religion to go along with that, so you could control the masses. Yes. Correct, right. Um, right, the priests The priests would be the ones who would be... Whoa, there in, you go, oh, you said sorry, it. in yeah. charge of... That's perfect. Yeah. ...of... Uh, gatekeeping for lack of a better term the information and what was considered most important and was prevalent and perfect segue into my very next point was the next thing they did after creating the Shamsu Orb was they instituted a priesthood oh well there you go (laughs) and that priesthood is known as the brotherhood of the snake no it is now um Thutmose's, Thut, Thut, Thutmose. Really? Oh, Thutmose. Thutmose. Yeah. The third. Yeah. Who was a, a reptilian hybrid, and who was also backed by the priesthood, mm-hmm. um, then became like the guy, right? Their, their puppet, if you will. Right. Um. And he was instructed, and then did so uh, to take on. Conquests, in which he did huge conquests, um, took over lots and lots of lands. I don't know if you can find anything there about Thutmose the Third, Egypt, and so more lands means more um, tributes, right? Yes. They created and instituted a central bank and banned barter systems at that point. He did, so we can see. Right there, we can see the the founding roots of the economic system of our current situation right, right now here in twenty twenty two. You got anything there? I see you're working to punch things into your machine. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but um, I mean, it says on it says that he was well liked, actually. I yeah. mean, I'm, well, he here he limited the control of the market, and by doing so, made his um, empire very wealthy and very prosperous. And as we're gonna, right. and as and this is a very important point. So thank you for bringing that up, and I'll let you expand on that in here in just a second. As we're gonna see, um, this was one of their marquee things that they did with their handpicked leaders was they. They instituted all of these things, as I just said, um, more tribunal central banks, banning certain business practices and limiting the control of the market, which then allowed them to pick and choose who got more share and more this and more that and who got buried and who didn't. Right. And like I said, as we're as we're going to see it, this was the first time that they used it, but they fine-tuned it over time, as we're going to discuss here. Right. Um, so, yeah, if you want to continue exactly <laughs> what you were... Well, just kind of a dynamic character, someone who you might say, air quotes, the Napoleon of Egypt. He had lots of armies and had lots That's of different right. battles and lots of different conquerors. So not only can you create lots of really great stories after that, like, I mean, 
they're not made up. I mean, like traditions, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the yeah, they world. say that he was shorter than five foot. Oh, for reals? Yeah, it's got to be something there too. Yeah. Um, I mean, also too, like, one could imagine he had a royal scribe, um, and so a lot of the information that a lot of the details about what happened at that time were recorded. Yeah. Um, so someone had the foresight to get a scribe to put down this, but also too, the history then is from one perspective, their per- that perspective, right? Correct. From the view of of Tut. Uh, Tutmos the third. Yeah. So, um, being the sixth character. pharaoh of the 18th dynasty, like he would have come already from a tradition of right kings or hybridization or hi- yes. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> through, I will, through many let's, lines. Let's of say hybrid. those who had power and control. Yeah. Doesn't matter from from where that came, but they they they, they it was well embedded at that point into the masses. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, one could easily say that then 1913 and the Federal Reserve Act was, you know, reptilians officially taking over the USA. But we're going to touch on that here uh, in in a little bit. So some reminders that they left us, okay, to tell us exactly what was going on. Here's a few. So, the god Sobek from Egypt, Mm -hmm. who had the crocodilian head. I'm sure many of you have seen that depiction of an entity with a crocodilian head. um, Who they taught was a creator god. And then somewhere down the line, he also became the god of finance. So, we have this reptilian depiction of a god in the Egyptian culture um, being a creator god and then later becoming the god of finance. Right, the creator god, the lord of the waters. He, the one is, um, Sobek is considered to be the god of the Nile who brought fertility to the land. So, like, kind of important because, like, that's kind of why society... Or brought have, fertility to the land, like, in the way that Tutmos did. Right. Like, he was an mean. evil dude, but yeah. his his peoples loved him because he gave them a good life. Right. Things were good. They had lots of food, like lots of money. People, they had work. Lots of land. Yeah. But, like, the main people, they didn't see the horrors happening. Right. Right. They just reaped the benefits. So, just to put on exactly... Um, if, and then, uh, and now here we are. Sobek is being revered in the exact same way. The god of to bring fertility to the land. Well, that could mean all of those things that we just said. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Power, okay. fertility, military. Oh, powers. fertility. Hmm. Oh. Right. Like hybridization, fertility, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so another reminder of who's in charge is the American Metal Medical Association logo, uh, the two snakes intertwined, and that logo go can be dated back to over three thousand years ago. Why, why, why use that that logo for the American Medical Association? Al's just going to pull it up here and give us a little little background on the the AMA logo. So basically, it's the universal symbol for medicine. 
It's the Canadian Medical Association symbol as well as the American Medical Association. I don't know. It might be the Irish Medical Association as well. Probably any Western country. <laughs> I could probably assume. Right. Um, it is. But it is two snakes wrapped around a, a what? An oak? An oak branch or something? Um. Well, a, wi- a winged staff is what this says. Oh, okay. Oh, so the staff the itself is winged. So, if Al, if you remember, at the we were talking at the beginning of this whole story about how the re- these particular reptilians evolved from a dragonfly. Oh, we did say that. And the queens have wings, and yes. then here we have snakes wrapped around a winged. Right. Oh, hey, there you go. Um, and here's the other big one, Kate. You had mentioned the pharaohs. Right. And on every single pharaoh's crown, if you want to look up a image of pharaoh's crown, front and center, right in front of the pineal gland, right in the center of the forehead on the pharaoh's crown, is a snake. Now, why would you need a snake Front and center, especially over your pine, right, right by the pineal gland. If that wasn't a reminder of who was in charge, you got you got something there on the pharaoh crown snake. Well, I'm just looking at it, and it's like it's the kind of thing that because we have seen pictures of ancient Egyptians in our lives, like think of Sesame Street. Ernie goes to. Egypt. Is that a thing? In our, when we were growing up, yeah. In the, the 80s, yeah? Yeah, for I sure. I don't remember this episode. I need to see it. Oh, yeah. And did he put a pharaoh costume on? No, well, he went to explore, and he met an, a pharaoh that was an Ernie pharaoh, like but, a doppelganger of Right, because it's the Muppets, so it's funny. funny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but moreover, my point is, like, not about, um, is that... We have been seeing those these images yeah. of what a pharaoh's headdress would be like. But you don't notice the snake. Do well, you? no, because no one it it's it just was indoctrinated into our consciousness right. as an image That's of a, this is what this means. Right. So when you think Egypt, you think Sphinx, you think pyramid, you think pharaohs, and when you think pharaohs, you think fancy you think crown. tombs. Yeah, you think fancy crowns, and you lots of like and, and intricate painting and mummification. Like these are just right. I'm just babbling off yes. the things yeah. that we were told in school. Yeah, yeah, and that absolutely. we actually are still told in school. Like yeah. this is, and it's so indoctrinated that even a child's show like Sesame Street is meant for small children. Yeah, right. So even as you're in your formative years, this is what is being formed as your normal, your baseline. Right? Yeah. Snake, forehead, pineal gland. You don't even think about it. Yeah. But there it is, right? <laughs> On the crown is a snake, front and center. Yeah. On the forehead, right over the pineal gland. And then, and if any of you know, some of you know, hopefully, the pineal gland is one of the most important parts of our brain. That's potentially where our consciousness resides, some say, some theorize. And even science today doesn't really know what the pineal gland does. But if you ask Bill Gates, I'm sure he'll just tell you it's worthless junk DNA. (laughs) Yeah, the ureus was an ancient Egyptian symbol, so that's the actual snake. It looks like a cobra, or it's like cousin of the cobra. Cobra! Um, 
Yes, and most commonly, this art. G.I. Joe, that's another great point. Sorry. Was there but the main bad guy of G.I. Joe is Cobra Command, mm-hmm. whose who's, uh, logo is a black snake, exactly like that, with the big, like... The fanning. That the comes, fanning. Yes. And it's run think by... Raptor. Or, or, and like, Cobra think, uh, Command Jurassic is Park, actually right? an evil corporation. Like a real one? In, yes, in G.I. Joe. That's the story oh, of G.I. Oh, Joe. Not in real life, Co- in G.I. Joe. In G.I. Joe. That's the story of G.I. Joe. Cobra Command is an evil corporation, and their symbol is... Right. So Holy these are shit. things that we were indoctrinated with as children. Right. Ow, fuck. This is what I'm talking about. Look, I just made another connection here a lot. They're always telling us. Always. Hollywood. Shows. Like you said... It's the fucking propaganda. Here, we're going to get into this. Oh, my God. Holy shit. All right. So, the Brotherhood of the Snake. Let's talk a little bit about them. They go by many, many names. Okay? Lizards, reptilians, uh, blue bloods. Now, here's the really interesting one that stuck out Mm -hmm. to me as their AKA names, Al. They're also known as Dow. D-O-W. What do we measure the world's currency? Like, oh, isn't Jones. that the Dow Jones? But how do you spell that? Is that it's Z O W Jones. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Guys, I can't make this shit up, man. Like, it's all there. Oh, it is. D O W. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And that's- I just wasn't sure. It's one of those words that could be spelled <laughs> no, lots know. of different ways. I know, right? But this is just like some brain melting shit. Of course, one of their names is. They've also been known through time and history as the Dow. Now, this is who now? The Dow or also the... The Brotherhood of the Snake. The Brotherhood of the Snake. The priesthood that was put in, right? Yeah. It's important. We got to keep up because the Brotherhood of the Snake, essentially, through the implementation of the the Shemsu Hor, the followers of Horus, as we're going to talk about, like the Shemsu Hor... um, transforms many times into different things. Right. Throughout, as we're going to talk about here. The whole time being run by the Brotherhood of the Snake. Now, I I didn't read or hear this anywhere, but I am, I'm going to make an assumption myself on my gut feeling, and I feel like the Brotherhood of the Snake eventually became what we know now as the Jesuits, which is the CIA of the Vatican. Has nothing to do with Ju- Judaism, so it's weird when people hear the word Jesuit. They immediately are like, "Oh my God, this guy doesn't like Jewish people." It has nothing to do with Jews. Jesuits are Catholics within the Roman Catholic Church. They're like the CIA of the fucking Catholic Church. If you don't know about the Jesuits, look into it. That's another episode <laughs> we're gonna have to do on the go forward, maybe, or we might get killed. So. They've also been uh, assumed that the greys, as we know, the grey aliens, are an entity of this Brotherhood of the Snake. Um, Probably a clone, a genetically modified clone of some sort that they send out to do their bidding now. So that's why we have, you know, 
the market and the uh, media saturated with all of these alien stories about gray aliens. Like, what do we see in Independence Day and all these other alien movies, but these, like, gray, sleek, Mm -hmm. like, silicone-looking entities, and all the stories that I've heard of people being abducted by these entities say, like, they just lack any type of soul. Like, they're just, like... soulless automatons but they're not robots they're biological robots they're fucking mindless clones and uh so we could probably assume that the uh, what we know as the greys are probably actually working for the brotherhood of the snake does that make sense i think it makes sense so by this time obviously because they've been forced underground obviously like so long ago like we're talking from the last episode, last podcast episode, right? So real time could be millions or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. We're not really sure. We're not trying to put time limits on this. It was long fucking time, to say the least, that they were underground. So with all this time underground, they had, you know, the time to build all of these really intricate transit systems and tunnels that go all over the world. And... um most famously, their main city is the, and this is something I'd love for you to look up here, Al. Um, it's called the Seven Level Bugavita, and that resides under India. Now, I'm wondering if there's any Hindu or um, religions out of India that talk about a seven-level system in any way. That's probably, you know, I probably should have given Al a bit more of a heads-up than right here to potentially look into something like that, but I feel like there's 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 something there with the levels, right? Um, we could also consider this the breakaway civilization, if you've ever heard that term. Um, it's been spoken by a lot of ancient alien theorists and you know extraterrestrial experiencers and whatnot they talk about a breakaway civilization and we're going to talk about we're going to talk more about that later um, as we see evidence of the breakaway civilization not only funding but backing other uh, attempts on taking over humanity and you know, the coming future here. Uh, I ran in there a lot, Al. You got anything? <laughs> yes. Well, I, you, you said Bugavita, so that's a Hindu sect. Yes. Oh, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So it, a modern um, Vishnuism. So that's like the more the worship of the god Vishnu. No, not an expert. No, <laughs> not, no, but... Hindu, but, like, Hindu is polytheistic, so there's many different gods. Which, okay. And Vishnu is one of them. I believe Vishnu has the elephant head. Okay. And um, so it's leaning towards Vishnuism, but it's still polytheistic. So it's not saying Vishnu is God. Buga Veda is the more the leaning towards the worship of Vishnu in Hindu tradition. Well, that's interesting that... Their city, their underground city, was called Bugavita, and there is an actual 
religion of that. And I don't, guys, if you don't know the history of India, it is yes, there's like a lot of so many religions came yeah. out of India from that time. They were very open to. I don't know. I don't know what their deal was. Perhaps they were just happy if people were recognizing that there was a creator of some sort. Mm-hmm. You might say growth mindset or like really open minded. Like for sure. I've been to India three times and I'm, I, uh, it's the, the birthplace of religion. Right? There's just, India, it's just say. a dynamic and interesting place that there's, and it, this is modern context, but yeah. even going back so much history and so much, um, so many different things have happened there. And actually in the West, I think we're very poorly informed myself included on traditions that have been there, been in India, and it currently expressed in India. Yeah. yeah. I mean, things that come up just as we, I typed in several labored yeah. Bhurga Vita India. So Hinduism does come up, um, but there's also connection. Seven level you said you put in? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because that's what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, about. please, yeah. Um, the Vedas comes up. So I know, like, the songs from the Rig Veda, um, and those are just, like, there's texts, right, that are... Like many religious texts, um, might be based in some truth and might have been um, exaggerated at some points. But the the Vedas are a collection of of um, beliefs and and uh, practices. But interesting too to see that Dharma comes up in here as well. Oh, and what is Dharma again? Just to recap myself as well as anyone listening who might not. Right. Um, well, it's a religious or you could see more of a moral law to how to be a good person in the, wor- in oh, the world. That sounds nice. Right. So, like, Hinduism has a Buddhism, Sikhism, Jainism. This is a symbol that you might. It's not a Mandela, but it has, like. Jainism? <laughs> Giantism. Oh, sorry. Ja. <laughs> so I had to cut a joke in there. Yeah. But, like, you might say morals or teachings, right? Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. How, how, to, how to be a good person in the world. That's fair. Yeah. Wasn't there a show that it was, like, not Will and Grace, but it was, like, Dharma and something? Dharma and Greg. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Early yeah. 90s. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so moving on here. Uh, Antarctica was the tech and research main base facility for the Brotherhood of the Snake. Okay? And they also ran the World Hybrid Project out of that area. Now, if you don't know about General Greg Bird, I think it's oh Captain Bird. Greg Bird, Captain Bird, it's a bird, something bird of the United States military flew over Antarctica in, I believe it was like the 30s or 40s. And he, when he came back, described flying over a giant hole in Antarctica that led into the earth in which he flew into and then was met by some what he described as extraterrestrials with very high technology who explained to him that uh, he was to leave and never talk about that area ever again. Um, 
in which he left, but he did tell people, and then the government told him to shut the fuck up, and then after that point, they created a no-fly zone over that area of Antarctica. I mean, let's just stop for a second. Great. Like, we're at a good point here with all the... Why would a government create a no-fly zone in Antarctica? Especially when Antarctica has yeah. has been agreed upon by the world, apparently. Um, and I'm sure if you Google this, it'll come up. But um, there was some no there was some sort of treaty passed that the world agreed that no one was allowed to lay claims to Antarctica. It cannot belong to any country. Um, you get to go there and, and and put your bases and your research quote air quote research facilities there. Um, but yes, somehow to touch on your point. A no-fly zone was instituted over that area of an uncontrolled continent, which seems rather suspicious. No one owns Antarctica, but apparently Australia claims the largest percentage of that territory at 42%. Australia can say things. All they huh. want. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make it so. Well, I I'm pretty sure Germany has more research and military facilities on Antarctica than any other country. But we're going to get into all of that. Holy shit, are we ever. It's not considered a country. Right. It's a free. It's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the world's agreed that no one's allowed to own it. Right. There's sovereign states. Right. On Antarctica. Right. So you can put your research facility and they give you a mapped out, I think it's Section. like, right, like 5K in each direction, like a circle. And that's technically sovereign land. But yes, no one can own it. But yet there's a no fly zone enforced by who? Everyone in the world, apparently. Mm. To not go... Did you find anything about General Flynn or Bird? No, you said General Bird. Greg Bird. Flynn? General Flynn? Oh, Greg Bird's a baseball player. Oh, that makes sense. Maybe for the Blue Jays. (laughs) 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 That's what I'm seeing here. (laughs) Flynn? Shame on us, man. We're Blue Jays fans. We don't even know that name. (laughs) Well, I think maybe your mind just got overloaded. Yeah. Guys, I'm sorry. It wasn't Greg Bird. It was Dick Bird. (laughs) Dick Bird. Dick Bird. (laughs) Richard Bird. Okay. With Uh, a Y. B Y R. Birdie. Richard Bird. Dick Birdie. (laughs) That's what. That's what I am every time I go golfing. (laughs) Not. Never get birdies. Okay. What does it say there about Dick Bird? American Explorer. Three campaigns. Making the first flight over south, the South Pole, pardon me, um, flying from their base. I say Antarctica. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And back. Oh, yeah. He learned. Oh, that's just general information. I'm so sure they I'm sure exciting. they won't. I'm sure they won't give us the info about going into the hole. Pilot flies over pole into heart of ozone mystery. Well, I don't know about that's that. That's New York Times. Well, it, this is what it, what pulls up when you pull it up a minute ahead of time. <laughs> when you put in Dick Bird? Yeah. Everyone at home listening right now, Google Dick Bird. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I'm just joking. Don't do that. Also, you can't see a bird's dick. It's really hard. I used to have birds, and it's almost impossible to to sex them. Anyway, go ahead. 
There is nothing to go okay. hat on. All right, so there's nothing to go hat on. All right, so moving on here. The Brotherhood of the Snake implemented at this point their human puppets. As we know them, the Illuminati. And also their uh, junior brotherhood, which is the Freemasons. Hmm. I feel That's a like good way to put it. I think so. I haven't read or seen this anywhere, but my feeling is like the Freemasons are like the double A league for and the Illuminati is like pro, right? Yes. Or maybe they're triple A and there's like a double A league that we don't oh no, those are called politicians, right? Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> like you're just throwing in baseball analogies into the middle of a podcast. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Uh, Greg Bird. Who doesn't like <laughs> Greg Bird, everyone? Who doesn't like baseball? Maybe some of you. But anyway, moving on. Um the big thing we gotta know is that um Big Pharma became the reptilians like one of their number one cash cows. Okay, and here's a fun fact for everyone. The only building in Berlin, Germany that did not get bombed was the IG Farben building, which is a massive um, conglomerate, conglomerate, pharmaceutical conglomerate. Huh. A big pharma Building mm. the only building, and you can fucking all of you. I Google it, Google RG Farman. You will see it was the only building in Berlin that did not get touched. Ha! Isn't that fun? All right, you guys. So from the Shemsu whore here, followers of Horus in Egypt, we're gonna fast forward. Okay, we still got a lot of ground to cover here. So, we're heading right into the Holy Roman Empire at this point. Mm. In which we need to remember, they were neither holy, they were neither Roman, nor an empire. So, we're going to get into that in just a sec. Alright guys, so, as we know, the Roman Catholics um was then born from the Holy Roman Empire. Now we need to keep in mind that the Brotherhood of the Snake implemented all of this, okay? How do we know that? Well, we can see through the I was raised Catholic, okay? I had to go to church for 18 years every single week. Um, I hated listening to the priest. I didn't like what he said because he just drolled on. It was the same hymns all the time. So whenever I went, I just read the Bible because I thought that was much more interesting and a far better way to spend my time while I was there. So I have literally read the King James Version, I suppose, of the Catholic Bible, you know, probably six or seven times. But... It's actually been a great thing now that I'm older and I'm on this knowledge adventure with my partner. And um, it's making it a lot easier, I find, to to make some of these connections. So, Also, too, I notice you're not as um, embedded, like um, stagnant in some of the academic 
academia. You know what I mean? It's almost like academia is like its own religion. Of course. I, I don't feel that you're stuck in Roman Catholic thinking. You just have that as a baseline. But because when you go to university when you're older and usually you're indoctrinated into religion some, and childhood, right? Right. I had some spiritual understanding. Yeah. I had more spiritual understanding through the Roman Catholic perspective, which was not accurate or good at all. I'll just say that right away. I don't believe in organized religion. I do believe in spirituality. I do believe in there being a creator, a God, if you will. Um, Whether that be one or many, I don't know. I'm willing to say that it's either or both, perhaps. Well, it can't be both, but you know what I mean. I'm either to, to accept... Either outcomes, whether it be... I would like it to be multiple, actually. It would be great if there was a creator gods were both male and female. I feel like that's probably... Duality. That's the most accurate, um, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. And what the fuck does that matter, right? So we can see the reptilian influence through the Roman Catholics by the overwhelmingly masculine... Uh, run structure of the Catholic Church, right? We can also see the money and the power and basically how the Catholic Church is run no different than a corporation, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure we can all agree about that. Um, I mean, they take donations every week. I can't even tell you how much my own father has given them throughout my own lifetime, but... You know, better better to give it to the lizards than to give it to your own kids as a, some sort of inheritance. Ah, it doesn't matter. Money is the root of all evil. And honestly, if we could all just realize that it just, it doesn't actually make, it might make your life more comfortable. I will 100% say that. Mm-hmm. But it never makes your life better. Does that make sense? Definitely, because I understand what you're meaning. You have to live some of that in order to understand that. I th- absolutely. Absolutely. So um, so here's something fucking weird, right? So there was a document that was found by Constantine. Now... If we know Constantine, he took over Constantinople. Yes, he, um, this is in the Roman era. Reinstituted Catholicism. Correct, all of these things. Now, oh no, Christianity. Christianity, correct. Me. But we, Catholicism is a form of Christianity. Yes, I just didn't need to be that. I, what I didn't want to cover. There was a whole bunch of stuff that I did research, but I didn't want to get into because I don't want to upset people and I don't want to shit on other people's religions or beliefs or faiths or anything like that. Um, but the whole reason that the Roman Catholics were spawned up by the Brotherhood of the Snake is because Christianity and its actual positive teachings were spreading on a very rapid worldwide level. Yes. So, like, the literal teachings of shape-shifting Jesus, right? We're spreading, like, the ideals of 
you know, you were born with your freedoms that were given to you by God, mm-hmm. and no one or the Creator, whatever, however, makes you most feel comfortable referring to that, and that no one can infringe on on that. Um, that's the number one rule. So I mean that, and they were believing in you know the duality of sharing uh, male female. At the same, you know, they were, you know, they were equals at this point. All these ideals were were spreading. So they created the Holy Roman Empire, the Roman, the Roman Catholicism out of Christianity. Because as we learned earlier, when the reptilians took out Ra, right, who had instituted this one God worship, and people were on board and they were doing it. And then they took out Ra. And then, as I said, the reptilians kept all of that stuff that he had implemented, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at this point, they were doing their thing. And then the acts like Christianity and its positive teachings, like the real teachings of Jesus, were spreading at a very alarming rate. So then they created. The Roman Catholics, out of Christianity, it's a subsect of Christianity, okay? Now, Christians will never admit that because I think real Christians know how evil the Roman Catholic Church really fucking is. Um, I mean, we just saw the Pope just this week apologizing for residential schools here in Canada. As an indigenous person, like, I get it. You should say sorry, but, like, that's a whole other thing. We're not going to get into that here. Um, Anyway, so Constantine, there was a document found by him. Um, It was donated to the U.S. library. Um, they have like a private. The they have a private library. Yeah, Congress library. No, I'm asking. Sorry, that was. I didn't. I don't know if that's actually. And uh, he, in this letter, it's a letter. Yeah. He claims that the priests of the Roman Catholic Church, aka the Brotherhood of the Snake, and he says, and I quote: "They came to me in the capital. They told me to make a font." and fill it with the blood of innocent infants. And if that I bathed in it whilst it was still warm, I may be cleansed. Who said this? Constantine. Wow. Right. In a letter. That is real and is in the Library of Congress. And that's just a quote I pulled well, that's a quote I got from that from another researcher who got that yeah. quote. But is this shit still practiced? I mean, look at all of the fucking, all of this like terrible child trafficking wow. and sex trafficking that's happening. 130 Disney employees over the last month have been arrested and jailed for child pornography distributing and making. Like, yeah. This is fucking Disney. And you know what? Guys, we're about to hit 20th century here. And you're like, obviously, it's going to make sense when I say that when we get to it. Okay. Um, Okay. So we're talking about a centralized control of Christianity. Centralized global control. Whoa. Where have we heard those ideas before? Right. Okay. 
So, because I have some knowledge of the Bible, I want to... Let's think of some Bible stories and influences um, that relate to what we're talking about here in the control of the Roman Catholic Church by the Brotherhood of the Saints. So, what are we talking here? Let's talk Garden of Eden for a second, Mm. okay? The very first story, the creation story, essentially, from the Catholic Bible. Um, Now, it talks about how woman was made out of man's rib, okay? So there, right there, is already a check mark for man, the masculinity, uh, misogynist type view, right? Like, and then we also have, uh, within the same story, the snake in the tree of knowledge oh, yes. who tempts um, Eve. Eve to to eat of the forbidden fruit, and here's the thing: like I've obviously had this discussion with Al already, but I need to share this with you guys. The tree of knowledge, right? The snake convinces Eve to take a bite of the tree of knowledge, and then then gets Adam and Eve cast out of um, Eden forever. Now, let's think of what. Apple's logo is. Oh, the computer people. The computer tech (laughs) tech company. Right. It is literally an apple with a bite taken out of it. So are they trying? It's so obvious, right? Are they trying to give us another hint? Right, right right there. Who's in charge and what game that we're all playing? Whether we signed up for it or not, perhaps. Right. Let's talk about the burning bush story in the Bible. When Moses was climbing uh, Mount Vesuvius, or no, uh, what was it? Um, What's the hospital in Toronto? Sinai. Yeah, Mount Sinai. Thank you. He was climbing Mount Sinai, and the burning bush started speaking to him. Okay? If the reptilians we know had uh, consciousness transferring and projecting technology we could one could easily say perhaps that that was a you know a projection onto moses in which um you know that that caused that whole story but i mean like we're taking things at very face value here this is the bible it's been rewritten so many times Mm -hmm. but what about the story of um if you could punch it in i forget exactly who it was um but bible story about uh the guy who was ordered by god to sacrifice his son i think it might have been john and that story just depicts, you know, was a, it Isaac. Oh, that's it. I'm sorry. Like I said, I wasn't sure about the person. Oh, sorry. Isaac was the son. Abraham was the one who had to. This is from. Was instructed the, by God to kill his son. Right. This is in the text. It's in. So the Bible. Right, but it's in the first version of the Bible, right? Like the, no, the, it's the in the Jewish current version one. Of the Bible. It's in the current version. Oh, pardon me. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Nobody has access to any other version. Right. Unless you're like... Okay, so God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Right. His son. So there we have child sacrifice. 
uh, stories. He was going to do it, and the story goes, you know, an angel showed up and said, hey, you're just mm-hmm. joking. Ha, ha, ha. Um, all right, let's talk about angels, right? Who are who or what are angels? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Ancient astronaut theorists contend that... <laughs> That angels could be extraterrestrials or could be, you know, projections. Oh, like holographs? Even holographic technology Maybe. back then? Man, right? Sorry, like, I didn't mean to like throw that in there. Absolutely. All right, now let's talk about the links between Christianity and um, the ancient Egyptian um, ethos and religions, more more particularly referring to the sun god Ra. Mm. Sun god Ra, okay? So here we go. In Catholicism, what? We celebrate Christ's birthday on December 25th. Now, this is a world-recognized holiday that seemingly, at least here in, in the West, everyone gets off. Like, it's a day off and that everyone looks forward to to spend with your family. But it has the connotation. It is Christ's birthday. Now, here's the interesting thing in case some of you didn't know. During that time, on the uh, 23rd of December, the sun goes down. Okay? And it dies for three days. Mm And then it resurrects again. It is born on the 25th of December is when it comes back. Right, because the three days, those three days you're talking about, those are the darkest days, right? They're all the same amount of Correct, and where we heard the story of three days dead and then a resurrection. Right. Easter. Yes. That's the story of Easter. But we celebrate the story of Easter at Christmas. Yes. So the birth of Christ is just a reference to the sun starting its rebirth, like its cycle for the year again. It is. Right. So now we're talking about sun worship. Worshipping of Ra, Marduk, again. Right. Okay. So now we can see some linear connections, right? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, so then we can talk about how the Romans were, like, uh, essentially known for the longest time for killing Christians. Um, They're known for killing Jesus. Like, and then they become the Roman Catholics somehow. (laughs) Right. I don't really, I've never quite understood how that happened. How the same civilization could kill the Son of God and then... turn around immediately after and say that like hey we love Jesus we love God even though you just murdered him well wouldn't you say hypocrisy is something a character trait that seemingly is interwoven throughout time exactly about about people who have had power and control in the bible there's a story of the deluge right yes the sinking Atlantis that's Atlantis going down all right, we had the Romans burning the Library of Alexandria. Right, yes. Destroying all knowledge. I've always wanted to go to Alexandria. Right, destroying all previous knowledge. Right. 
Like a, re- a great reset, you might say. And then we have, finally, control through religion like the original queens implemented way back in episode, the first episode of this. And it looks like this is going to be a four-parter. Because well, I said we were, say. I said we were heading to the 20th century, but here we are, another hour and a half of this story, and we have now just reached. Um, and like, there's a huge gap of time that we're just gonna fast forward. Um, but next episode, hopefully, we can bang that out tomorrow, so it'll be two and three out right away. We can wrap this up because there's so much other stuff of that I feel like is flying by us that we should be talking about. Um, some would say more important things, but when we started this three three part now four part series, it was because we needed a break from all of the mm-hmm. the craziness and the ever changing news every second of every minute of every day. Um, and this has been a wonderful break, and I really hope you guys are enjoying all this. Um, but next episode, we're going to talk about how the Rothschilds, the Rothsteins, Rockefellers, J.P. Morgan, all of those motherfuckers were straight up reptilians. And, um, yeah, how they helped to bring the powers of the European um, oligarchs and kings and queens, the matriarchs, the patriarchs, all of that Um how they helped bury those names and continue this reptilian overtaking um, through the 20th century. So next episode is going to be 20th century, and that means we're talking about World War One, World War Two. We're talking lots about Adolf Hitler. We're talking lots about the Nazis. We're talking about how the Nazis didn't actually lose the war. Germany did. And I have so many stats and statistics. Look at this. I got another five pages of information here. And it's all... Three of the pages are all just numbers and stats provable. um, So that we can help you guys hopefully understand that this has been going on since... As long as we've been talking about since the beginning of this special podcast series. So we're talking hundreds of millions of years, potentially. uh, And we're going to bring it right up to today, 2022. And uh, I, you know, it's undeniable to see the connections and the repetition of, you know, implementations that work on all of these various levels of control, whether it be, financial, spiritual, uh, mental, all of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Physical. Mm -hmm. uh, We're getting there. We're getting there. So we thank you guys so much for joining us. I know this is going on a while here. We're going to do four episodes. There's lots to say. We really do hope that you guys are getting a lot out of this. Al, any final words for this one? No, I'm interested to see where we're going next. <laughs> well, we're going to Nazi land. Up. Here we go. Niels, call your fucking relatives. We're coming. Until next time, friends. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Forge of Ideas. We really do appreciate it. Uh, please like, share, subscribe. 
tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell your dog. We really do appreciate it. And we just want to leave one last little note here. In these crazy, crazy times, uh, we know things are completely unrecognizable out there. But let's not lose our humanity and spirituality. Let's treat our friends and family and neighbors with respect. Let's get back to a place of compassion and understanding. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than we love you all. And, you know, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It's up to us. It's up to us and nobody else. And uh, until next time, friends, be safe. We love you. God be with you. Take care.